reasons to be cheerful. It's a Saturday night. Reasons to be cheerful. Keith Lawrence is a weapon of mass destruction Brixton DJ and he played the funk song A local hero, yo, but now he ain't unsung Jimmy brought rum, you looking for clean cups No snacks here, you won't be dancing on peanuts Strictly hot food, keep you nice and strong So you can go on and on and last long Every time I hear this song, this song I will play deep ground, the place tear down Dangerous on the door, seen it all before Coats and bags on the floor by the decks Me next to DJ Carry swing, yellow rose eyes are closing the exercise And everybody moving with a unified swing A gentle up and down thing Keeps you rolling, it's so easy Reasons to be cheerful Reasons to be cheerful Reasons to be cheerful Reasons to be cheerful Mark and Dave holding the corner Head nodding by the speaker Just cool, never known to Outside by the pool on chairs and bar stools Other lovers, long-term man newly discovered Some for romance, some in each other's pants Some debutantes with poolside veterans What? Better than you catch a Chris daughter And grab a kiss with the moon resting on the water Food still hot, pressure pot still steaming Is he screaming? He's not doing the cleaning While he's leaning back with a large grin Left up to him, party would simply start again Reasons to be cheerful Reasons to be cheerful Styles in Amsterdam, got ashtrays I blaze in the shadows with my compound rays And I stays close to home where I'm known and praised I was raised down south where running your mouth is Something my people know all about It's a semi-professional pastime Gotta get the last line and know it's your show injuries today oh yeah i i saw on twitter that you managed to bite your tongue so hard you filled your mouth with blood yeah pretty much i was like oh that really hurt and then i spat and it was just blood and then mm. i looked at my tongue and it was red because yeah i actually bit hurt my tongue quite badly um and also so that's one side of my mouth yeah like my tongue the other side of my mouth yesterday i burnt the roof of it after i ate a pie and the gravy and it was too hot (laughs) the roof of my mouth so basically my entire mouth's fucked that that i feel like that should be a um like a test of of your northernness if you eat a pie and the gravy's too hot for you and it burns the top of your mouth and they you have to be like kicked out of manchester but like I said, you're not northern enough. Get out. I remember. I think. It, I think there was an episode of like, would I lie to you or something? But there was there was a bit where Lee Mac was explaining to David Mitchell what happens when you bite into a Greg sausage roll and it's a bit too hot. And he was like, "Well, how hot?" And he's like, "It's not. It's it's just hot enough that you both go ooh." There's <laughs> 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 <was> like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Because Greg's sausage rolls are either freezing or the temperature of the sun. No, yeah, those between. are your two options. Yeah. <laughs> it's, either, it's either a pool of boiling liquid grease or it's a solidified lump of 
ice-cold grease. But I don't understand how, how, how does the pastry contain it? Is it made out of some kind of special material? Is that the way yeah. it works? Yeah, like Greg's, pa- Greg's pastry is a, a special space-age material. It's, <laughs> they uh, actually use what, they You know those memory foam mattresses that they <laughs> used from like material from the space shuttle? It's kind of <laughs> like that. It's like they, it's made the heat shield of an Apollo uh, command module. They line the inside Delicious of astronaut spacesuits in Greg's pastry. Yes, it's like a a heat a heat sink. They can resist all sorts of radiation. <laughs> I feel like there's like Greg should sponsor a superhero, Captain Manchester. Yeah, and um, and he could have a suit made of pastry. That like and like people will shoot him with lasers and he'd be like ah it doesn't work because I have my pastry shield. No, I mean Greg would actually support Captain Newcastle, I guess. You reckon? Is that where they're from? That's where they're from. So oh, okay, fair enough. And then they could Cap- fight. He could fight Captain Manchester. Yeah, who I think is actually sponsored by the Salita Bar and Grill and All Star Bowling Lanes. So, yeah. <laughs> so good. The story keeps on getting better. Yeah. Have I told you my boss actually knows Captain Manchester? What, on like a personal level? Yeah, like he, he like Captain Manchester's one of his mates. And <laughs> it's like he called my boss and was like, Simon, I'm becoming a superhero. And my boss called it for fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Don't know who he is, though. Like All I know Doesn't is matter. that Simon yeah. knows who he is. But... He's keeping it quiet. Yeah. I like that. I like that he's got enough respect for the identity that he's not going to blow his cover. <laughs> if you like go up to him with a briefcase full of uh, like non-sequential £10 notes and were like, <laughs> tell me the identity of Captain Manchester, do you reckon he'd stand firm still? No. no. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> he's not that kind of superhero. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if I offered Simon a drink, he'd tell you Captain Manchester was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not go too far, but... <laughs> I mean, this came up in conversation because uh, one of the guys uh, at work saw Jay-Z today. Oh, really? Yeah, because Jay-Z's in town for a show and just like oh, saw cool. him going into Rio Ferdinand's restaurant. And he yes. was like, oh, my God, you're Jay-Z. Can I take a photo of him? And he said he couldn't find his camera, uh, his, his phone. And Jay-Z at that point had left. <laughs> yeah, he'd escaped. Yeah. As you um, would, I feel. As you would, yeah, I imagine so. On the subject of like people sponsoring characters did you know that you know the the role-playing company white wolf games no who who brought us vampire the masquerade are you aware of vampire the masquerade i'm aware of vampire the masquerade yeah yeah. you know that they sponsored a wrestler in the wwf no i think i did i think i knew that the guys who made vampire the masquerade sponsored a wrestler and his he was like a a vampire wrestler called gangriel what was he called he was called gangriel what like it wasn't the name of the bad guy from the Smurfs. <laughs> no, that's Gargamel. <laughs> yeah, no, Gangriel okay. is one of the one of the like the families of vampires from Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> one of the families of vampires is named that the bad guy from the Smurfs. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't think that was intentional, but yeah, that would be amazing if they're like, right, we've got um, we've got Nosferatu, we've got um, Tremere, we've got um, Ventru. Malaclavian. Uh we need another name <laughs> for another <laughs> for another vampire group. And one guy's like smoking reed. Smoking weed and smoking at, reed. <laughs> yeah, they're goths. He's smoking reeds. And he's like he's, he's looking at a smoking, TV time. He's smoking reeds and a clove cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, one, yeah. one in one side of his, in each side of his mouth, and he's looking at a TV Times, and he sees the Smurfs, and he's like, Gargamel? And they're like, did you say Gangrel? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I said Gangrel. That's what I said, not Gargamel. I wasn't thinking of the Smurfs at all. I came up with that all on my own, and that's, and that's why a wrestler is almost named after the bad guy from the Smurfs. And they're like, wow, you're such an original thing. I guess, like, I guess, like people who write vampire role, role plays never watch this move when it was I on TV. Not. At least, like, I've got another one for season. you. I've got another one for you. There's a new, 
there's a vampire count, yeah, and his name is Bick Bastardly. <laughs> he has a familiar. It's called Rutley. <laughs> <laughs> Just going through like kind of like the English cartoons from the from like the the late sixties. Late sixties, certain seventies cartoons. Yeah. Um, and, and because... Yeah, I've got a new femme, femme fatale. She's called Marinelope Maritstop. <laughs> What's a Maritstop? Shut up. Maritstop, they're like a, an ancient Russian vampire no, noble family, the Maritstops. <laughs> Maritstops. M R I T S T O V. Maritstops. Renelope Britstop. <laughs> but there is actually in Wacky Races there's actually a vampire. <laughs> You're right, yeah, there is. They he lives in the, the the Adams family car, but they're not yeah. the Adams family. What's it called? The Spook Coop. I think that's what it's called. Sounds about right. I love Wacky Races. That's awesome. It's, no, it is actually a fantastic show. And the thing is, Dick Dursley could have won every fucking race. That's what it's about, was... though, G. It's about, like, cheaters lose. He's he's always out in front because he has a superior car. But then he always stops to pull some kind of wacky prank, and it backfires on him. Like, do you ever think that Muttley was like, Dick, we've got this. Let's just stick <laughs> to the plan. And he's like, no, dum-dum, we've got to make a trap. We've got to, like, roll this boulder. We've got to park our car next to this boulder that's precariously placed on the edge of a cliff, and we've got to roll it very gradually off the edge of the cliff. But make sure you keep on pushing, because if you don't, it'll roll backwards and crush the car. Well, I like that idea, Dick, but how about we park the car somewhere else? Or we don't do it at all. Because we're, we're a lap ahead, and we've got a pit stop in hand. So, I mean, we've got this. Like, we've got a far superior car. I mean, we were miles ahead in qualifying, Dick. We really don't need to stop at any point. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to have to put this on the show. You know, yeah, that, you? Uh, all right, fine. Should we just should we just put all of it in the show and just carry on? I'll just put the title in the middle here. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name is Garrett Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you're listening to episode 61 of our Errand of Mercy. Hello. Hello. We remembered the actual, you know, the number of the episode this week on this yeah. auspicious day, episode 61. <laughs> I don't know. I always remember. I just forget to say it. <laughs> I think it's the issue. Like, I mean, last week I did remember it's a 60 episode, but it was just the end. I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of a round number. We should probably should have mentioned that. I don't feel like 60 is that auspicious a, a, a number. 50, yeah, why not? Well, I mean, as we discussed, it's not even the retirement age these exactly. days. Exactly. Not anymore. Bloody hell. Bloody Thatcher. No, wait, <laughs> shit. No, bloody. Tories. Who is it? Who am I supposed to be angry about? I can't. I think it's actually Gordon Brown who raised the retirement age. Okay. Can so. we just blame Miliband's dad? Yeah. Because that appears he, to be he, in vogue at the moment. Yeah, because he hated this country and our freedoms or something. Yeah, that's what I heard. That Nazi <laughs> newspaper said so. Yeah, we, we only read uh, the Daily Mail to newspaper of choice for Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you know, up until this point, I thought people were just joking. Like, people were well, making a, a funny joke. But actually, it turns out that, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, his dad was a communist and was kind of perhaps a bit too apologetic for the excesses of Stalinism. But your founder literally did hang out with Hitler, so... <laughs> like, there are pictures of him shaking his fucking hand. Yeah, <laughs> There's a hit headline where he says that Hitler was a great man. You know, it's kind of, yeah, but it's tough, so really, sitch. probably shouldn't be judging if you're in your fucking crazy sitch right here. I mean, if, the craziest thing about that is actually reading about, like, the editor of the Daily Mail. Who I, I mean, I already knew he was, like, kind of rapidly right wing, but I kind of just thought, you know, he's he's kind of like he probably votes UKIP and stuff and like 
what you know wants has a sticker on his car that says keep the pound but like he was talking there was this interview of it with him where he was talking about how they needed to defend britain against the liberalocracy and i was like what the are you glenn beck fuck you're glenn beck <laughs> shit all of a sudden that's how that's like that's how the english glenn beck happens though isn't it he sneaks in he comes mm. in, and then all of a sudden, one of our biggest national newspapers is being ran by Glenn Beck. <laughs> Just think about that for a moment. Yeah. Anybody who knows who Glenn Beck is. favourite, like, Nazi newspapers run by Glenn Beck. Now, there's a headline that they won't print. Do you think that the Daily Mail's the uh, newspaper of choice at the Nazi centre around the back of your house? Uh, possibly. I, I feel I, like they might have one of those, you know, like um, on trains, they have like the newspaper stand with the newspapers tucked in. I feel like they might have one of those full of Daily Mail's yeah. circa like 1943. <laughs> back when newspapers were mental. Oh, like, wait, laid no, out still weird. <laughs> No, I mean, the formatting was really weird. Yeah, really no, no, yeah, yeah. It was just like, here, here's our paper. It's got 50 columns on the front page. Yeah. I have a newspaper from back in the day. Um, I think it's a reprint, but yeah. still, it's like from the 1800s. My mum and dad got me one for my tw- my 21st birthday. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and we read it out on our student radio show, and it's it, like yeah. the craziest thing. It doesn't make any sense. And it's all yeah. written in, like, it's written in what's obviously standardised English, but it's using what's obviously like a form of language that effluent classes are using to try and... Well, yeah, I'll I'll stick with my first one. (laughs) Right. Are using to try and avoid the... Yeah, the shitty classes are using to try and avoid the commoners learning what's going on in the world. Yeah, because there's an amazing, like, one of the longest columns is just about some guy who's on holiday with the German Kaiser, isn't it? Yeah. Like, he's on a boat with the German Kaiser, like, on a river. He's, he's going on, like, a river trip down the Rhine. And it's like half the newspaper is just dedicated to this guy talking about how, how you know, he had eggs for breakfast and was slightly under the weather, but picked up towards the afternoon. It's like, wow, this is crazy. Who cares? <laughs> it was a simpler time, G. Yeah. When you could print a picture of your of your founder shaking hands with Hitler and everybody would be like, well, it's just news. It's fine. <laughs> it's been a big week for news, though, this week. Always is. Oh, every, every week, big news, always happening. Um, I think that, you know, there's it's been government shutdown in America. Tom Clancy's died, which is um, really sad. That is, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, quite sad. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I mean, it's obviously sad that he's died, but... I don't know. Maybe he wrote enough books. I feel like, yeah, but, you know, he was one of the hardest... What? what uh, here's a question, okay, because one of the things about Tom Clancy writing so many books and everybody having read at least one Tom Clancy book or entire series in their lives, uh, which Tom Clancy book do you remember the most, G? Um... I'm trying to remember it. I mean, I remember Clear and Present Danger quite well. What's the one about the guy who has to go, like, he goes to Vietnam? No, that's not. I'm trying to think. I think Clear and Present Danger, though. I think that's a pretty good one. Clear and Present Danger. You see, my biggest memory of Tom Clancy's books is um, a series called Net Force. Are you aware of Net Force? Of course, that would be your favourite one. (laughs) Do you remember Net Force, G? Yeah, the boring ones about people fighting over the internet instead of the ones about exploding drug dealers. Yeah, I do remember that. Netforce was amazing. And I feel like that's that's his true legacy. Oh, you, no, I was going to say um, the best one is actually Without Remorse, which is Without amazing. Remorse. Re- Without Remorse is the one about like the guy who trained Jack Ryan. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, and yeah, it's this guy kind of having to. There, there's like I think there's some stuff about drug dealers in that as well. But there's also like a whole yeah, because he's like he goes crazy and he's kind of like he's he does like um uh what were those films? The one where the guys like going around New York and shooting drug dealers. Uh, the Punisher. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, they're a director by Michael Winner. Oh shit! Yeah, fuck! Uh, I can't I'm remember. Gonna have to, I'm gonna have to IMDb that. this shit. Yeah, 
cool. So he like he's like cleaning up the the Vietnamese jungle. Well, no, yeah, he's he's like in what there's like two stories. So one story, he's like trying to rescue these um these um he's trying to rescue these uh, prisoners of war here in Hanoi. Yeah, and then the other story, his and it's like intermingled with that. He's also like cleaning up the streets of like Brooklyn from drug dealers, <laughs> like using a- the skills he learned when rescuing prisoners of war from Hanoi. Exactly, exactly, Amazing. and like basically, it's all about because it's it's sort of like drug dealers killed his wife or something, you know, ridiculous. A death wish of the movies I'm thinking of, by the way. So it's okay, kind of yeah. like, and so yeah, they kill like his wife, and so he's like got to kill all the drug dealers, and then like the CIA, all right, we know you killed all the drug dealers and it's murder, but we'll let you off if you go to Vietnam on this suicide mission to rescue these prisoners of war. It's so awesome. good. It's so With, good. Without remorse, everyone, read that book. It's not actually great. It's actually a terrible book, but it's brilliant. <laughs> It's actually a fucking awful book, but like everything about it is perfect. So, yeah. So I'd say Without Remorse is the best, followed by Clear and Present Danger. My recommendation uh, would be, I'm trying going to try and find the Netforce book that I loved when I was a teenager. Netforce. Uh, oh, they made it, Netforce has a fucking TV movie made of it. Of course it did. With, um, I think that, Shit, yeah, it has a TV movie made of it. The main character of which is played by the guy who plays, um, who, oh, fuck, the guy who's in, like, every Tom Clancy movie. T- Harrison Ford? No, it's, he looks like Harrison Ford, but it's not Harrison Ford. Because is Harrison Chris... Ford was in all of the Tom Clancy movies. Scott Bakula? S- do you mean the guy from Quantum Leap? That's it, yes. Yeah, he was in them, all right, okay. Leap. It's does so Scott good. Bakula look like Harrison Ford? He does on the cover of the um, the <laughs> made for TV movie Netforce, which is available <laughs> um, is available on DVD through the deal- through the um, publishing company Eagle Pictures. Holy shit, he does look a bit like Harrison Ford, doesn't he? Does, he does, doesn't he? The the uh, the Tom Clancy book that I would recommend to you is a Netforce book. I can't remember which one it is because there's so many of them. Yeah, no, seriously, I mean, the Jack Ryan books are the good one. They're only about, like, I don't know, there's kind of, like, five main ones and then, like, ten other ones, like, involving characters. There's, like, 50 Netforce books, which is crazy because they're they're terrible. And a lot of them aren't even written by him either. Like, he came up with the concept and then (laughs) other people just kept on writing Netforce books and he was like, sweet, money, put my name (laughs) on the front of every single one and I'll take money for it, thanks. Yeah, because they all, none of them actually said Tom Clancy. It was, like, kind of inspired by Tom Tom Clancy's. It says his name. At the That's top it, of the thing. Tom Clancy's yeah. Netforce, isn't it? There's yeah. a Netforce book where, like, one of the main characters, because it's all, like, teens who are cyber police, which, you it's know, fucked. appealed it's... to me as a 13-year-old, um, <sighs> It's like, which is happening right now, because, you know, it's reasonably pr- prophetic. He's a prophetic writer, or he was at least a, prof- a prophetic writer, Tom Clancy. Yes, but, like, teens on the internet's really boring. They're, they're fighting in, like, games, but if you die in the game, you die in real life because it has like, every trope in it because it's a Tom Clancy story. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to say I do think this is a major issue about, I think, I think possibly, because, you know, in a lot of ways we're very similar, but there's, like, these occasional things where there's just, like, a massive rift between us. <laughs> I think it can all be traced to the fact that we read different Tom Clancy novels. Maybe it can. I read yeah. all the ones about, like, kind of guys having sex and blowing up drug dealers. You read the ones about nerds playing video games. <laughs> that's what it is thanks dad thanks dad for not giving me the good tom clancy books he didn't give me the hard shit you got like pure cocaine mine was tom clancy cut with aspirin great i was kind of looking at the list of tom clancy novels so like it's kind of you know without remorse as i say guy goes guy kills like drug like drug dealers in vietnamese prison you know guards patriot games jack ryan saves the prince of wales his son um from the ira 
Um, and you got the Hunt for Red October, obviously. Yeah, of course. Like, then you got Clear and Present Danger, Some of All... Right, okay, can I just read the description of the Sum of All Fears? Just like the opening sentence of the I, Wikipedia. I think I know what it is. Is this like the strapline of Sum of All Fears is one of my favourite straplines of any movie ever. Yeah. Which is, America has like 500, 723 nuclear warheads. One is missing. <laughs> well... The, the best, the best thing. Kind of is, but like, here's how this book. Remember how we kind of like Tom Clancy right now because he's just died. It's like kind of like amazingly realistic, kind of kind of torn from the headlines. He kind of like always kind of kind of. Uh, even if his writing style wasn't good with the critic, many of his readers were amazed by the realism in his book. So the the, the sum of all fears. Israel seeds seed sovereignty over Jerusalem to the Vatican in Saudi Arabia, and the city becomes a protectorate policed by the Swiss Guard. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's entire that's totally likely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to give our holy city to the uh, to to uh, the 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 Romans. That's what we're yeah. going to do. It's like uh, Israel's just like, oh, you know, we we've all fought and died so much for this homeland. You know, we fought all these wars trying to protect it. We've been so intransigent because it's such an important part of our society. But to be honest, it's a bit of a ball lake. How about we just ask the Pope to take over? <laughs> Don't sort this out for us, mate. Yeah, this is, this is getting a little bit like, stressful. This is gold. This is spot on. I bet the CIA are reading this, and we, he's predicting the future. <laughs> well, one of the uh, one of the things like there's a re- I have a really vivid memory of a moment from Netforce where like a, a like one of these teens dies, he gets killed, and I was like, oh my god, somebody is one of the goodies died in my teen fiction book. I'm not prepared for this. Um, but he doesn't die. His like his spirit goes into the internet, and he becomes like a sp- an internet space ghost who turns up, and he becomes a literal Deus Ex Machina. Like whenever they're in trouble, about this before. Whenever they're in trouble, he turns up in like a like. There's a bit where they're in like a dogfight simulator from set in World War Two, and he turns up in like a tiger stripe M- Messerschmitt Me two six two. And like, like, just tasses all of the bad guys and blows them up, and then disappears again, and nobody can contact him because he's a ghost. He's AFK. He's AFK. <laughs> he's AFL. He's away from life. He's still there, <laughs> but right now he's just not around. He's in a he's he's in an MRI C chat room with Jesus now. <laughs> Sometimes, if you wait for long enough in the 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 the, the dead hours of the night on the right IRC chat for chat room, you'll see him log in and then log out again really quickly. <laughs> That's what I've heard, anyway. That's what the Some, uh, the cyber so, rumors are. Sometimes, when you get a net split, it's just you and him in the room together, and then when it comes back together, he's gone, never to be seen again. <laughs> he uses the um, he uses the handle Ghost Dad. <laughs> He's really popular on Twitter. Yeah, you sh- you shall know him by an <laughs> ASCII picture of <laughs> Bill Cosby's face. <laughs> they call him Ghost Dad. That's what it should. You know how they did with uh, with with people who have died and their families like go over their stuff and there's loads of like scripts for books unreleased. I reckon that might be that like a Netforce sequel. Called Netfo- Tom Clancy's Netforced, they call him Ghost Dad. I want that on my gravestone. I'm going to become a father <laughs> just so that I can say he's a Ghost Dad now. <laughs> All my dreams will come be complete. He's up, then he's up there with with Bill Cosby and the ghost of Biggie Smalls. Um, do you want to actually talk about some of the stuff we had in the show? I probably, but you know, it's Tom Clancy. He's dead. He was a big part of like, I think more than anything else, Tom Clancy style military fiction will define our generation. Oh, fuck. It will, won't it? Think about it. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) He's probably had more impact on like on our generation than Jesus has. 
I'm just going to say that. You think about it. Think about how many teens have have played like Call of Duty because without without Tom Clancy, there is no Call of Duty. That's true. That is actually true. So, but I'm so basically guys is what you're saying. Yeah, dudes. Like, like that, that's the only reason all women are looking. It's like, why are you so fucked up? It's like because <laughs> I read Tom Clancy. Tom you Clancy's don't understand. <laughs> I've I've been I've I've grown up expecting at least one beautiful woman and one exploding drug lord to just be delivered to me by fate. That that's what they talk about, like kind of uh, like uh, millennial entitlement. That's what yeah. that's what we feel we're entitled to. Yeah. Being the hero in at least one terrorist slash drug lord hostage crisis. But who else have we got who rides like who writes? pulpy kind of like fiction for teen boys and man children who's written that many books it's basically him or clive cussler yeah and he's way better than clive cussler i mean clive cussler because you know what like say what you like about about tom clancy at least didn't write himself into every single one of his fucking novels i don't know jack ryan is is quite clearly meant to be tom clancy yeah but he's not actually like yeah, in the book as Tom. himself called Tom Clancy. Read a Clive Cussler novel at some point. You'll be like, hey, this is pretty good, until Clive Cussler turns up to it to like advance the plot or save the main character. Because it happens in every book. Yeah. Also be like also at least Tom Clancy never did something about raising the Titanic to get Nazi gold or some bullshit, which is kind of basically what all Clive, Clive Cussler novels are kind of like, it's like a Tom Clancy book until about halfway through. It's like, Oh, we found the t- temple of the hidden aliens. Like what? Yeah. 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 Like, like, Oh wow. This is an interesting spy story. Oh, hi, it's Clive Cussler here. There's a Yeti. <laughs> That's that's why um, Uncharted is so good because Uncharted is like Clive Cussler books written by somebody who's an actual person. It's nice. Um, so I met uh, Captain Manchester this week. Speaking of you know every man every man heroes. Yeah, I met I I, I went bowling uh, with my friend for her uh, Hendy. Um, hello, Nija. By the time this goes out, you'll probably be married. Congratulations. Woo! Um, yeah, and, and Captain Manchester was there, and I tweeted, like, oh my god, Captain Manchester's right behind me. And then as I was leaving, he was sort of sat near the bar, and I said, it's Captain Manchester, and he held out his hand, and I shook hands with Captain Manchester. Wow. And now he follows me on Twitter, so... What, 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 a, what a day. What a day. <laughs> I mean, exciting. that's the thing, at that point I was like, fuck it, my life's complete. <laughs> Could you be like, do you reckon you could become his sidekick now? Oh, fuck, I hope so. You could be Mancunian boy. And I think that's, I'm, I'm not, because I'm not from Manchester originally. Yeah, if I, could. I don't think that count. No, but, um, you know, we we shook hands, we looked at each other, and I think both of us, you know, we saw a kindred spirit. We're both people who are out there trying to help other people, I guess. <laughs> in, 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 in kind of mild-mannered ways. Yeah, exactly. So was he wearing, so, like, the full-on... Was he just a, at a bowling alley wearing his costume? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> was he Was he bowling? Um, no, I think he was, like... I think he was talking to what looked like the manager of the bowling alley and having a drink with him. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I don't understand. I can't work it out. It's so um, weird. I, I feel, like... Yeah, I can't. I feel like. Did you watch the most recent episode of um, of Sh- of um, the Shield TV series? The first episode of that. Did you watch that? No, not really. Oh, mate, you didn't watch that. Mm-mm. There's a guy in that who's like basically freaking out because he can't deal with having to be an actual person in a world where the Avengers are actual people. That's how I feel. Just knowing yeah. that Captain Manchester was just in a bowl- bowling alley talking to somebody. Do you know why I didn't see Agents of Shield though? Why? Because that episode was on the day when I was meeting Captain Manchester. Oh, so it's all, it's, it all comes together. It all fits together, Simon. It's, it's, all and, like, it's wheels within wheels. And then like, I've just been busy since. I haven't really got around to watching it. Okay, it's good. I've, you should watch it. Everybody yeah. watch that. Yeah, I heard it was all I heard there were some issues, but because it's a pilot episode, you know, you kind of expect that. Yeah. No, it was yeah. it was cool. It felt it felt good. It felt like a cross between the West Wing and the X Files. 
but funny, I guess. Was it? Kind yeah, of fun? but like, like but yeah, but with like that kind of. It's but it's it's a Joss Whedon thing where it's not yeah. really like laugh out loud funny. It's just you watch it and you 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 enjoy the the kind of the the banter between people and you. Wow. You see, okay, this is the thing. This is like my issue with Joss Joss Whedon. Okay, well, be careful here. You're treading yeah, a thin mean, line. I know because like you're like the number one Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Well, I like um, everything. Joss the boss. It rhymes with boss think... for a reason, man. Like every character sounds the same. Like no one is ever that on all the time. Oh right, okay, no, I see. Like you feel like there should be one guy who's like more like fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like I mean, it's just that everyone's always got a one liner, and it's like, well, no, you don't. Like just everyone's like cranking out the zingers. Exactly. I mean, and let's face it, a real person like I, I. I you know, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I've come up with some good zingers in my time. But, like, I have some days where I'm just, like, throwing them out one after the other. And I have other days where it's just like, well, more like your face. <laughs> uh. I think it's kind of like, I think that's the point, though. It's it's a kind of a, I, I feel like it's, like, aspirationally written. Like, you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I wish I could, uh, my, yeah, my I friends mean- and me were like that. I mean, definitely. I, I mean, I guess it's what I'm more saying is that no, you don't need that many one-liners, and not everyone should be a one-liner person. You know what I mean? Everyone in a Josh Whedon thing has one line. Yeah. Whereas, really, kind of, you just want kind of maybe one guy who's the one-liner guy, and then the other people fill in different roles. Like, there's a straight man, and then like he's a straight man, and then kind of once a series he's got a one-liner and everyone's like oh he's got he's the straight man but he's breaking out character for once you know yeah, but giles is kind of like that in Buffy. yeah but he, he's he's not though because he's always got he does have a lot of one-liners he like does, something blows yeah. up and, and he says saying, a one-liner and what you're what like, I'm saying well, is that his like his one-liner level is lower than everybody else's i understand yeah. where you're coming from that that's my issue with Joss Whedon things. I think he needs to tone that down slightly and, and vary his characters a bit more. It's less pronounced in okay. um, in in Agents of Shield. I'd, I'd I'd suggest you watch it and check out. Basically, there's Agent Coulson is obviously like Mister Zinger because everybody loves him now. That's like his thing. Um, mm. He's not dead, by the way, but you know. If you've watched any television in the last three weeks, you'll know that Agent Coulson isn't actually dead. And I mean, oh, wait, so I, I kind of thought it was like a prequel. No, no. And that's why no. he was alive. I mean, no. I wasn't paying that much attention. No, no, he's, um, it's, it's set directly after the events of, um, basically, they've just, like, the, the beginning of the first episode, they've just finished cleaning up New York after the crazy battle that happens at the end of the Avengers. Oh, and it just turns out he was actually alive thanks to comic book science. There's a lot of people talking in hushed tone to why he's not actually dead, and he doesn't know why. But there's a there's a there's a Joss Whedon style one liner where um, where a guy's like, "I've got level six clearance. I know that that Agent Coulson died on the helicarrier. Look, you don't, you need to stop lying to me because I need to be. If you're going to have me in this group, I need to be included in everything. And then. Um, and then Agent Coulson steps out of the shadows and he says, you had level six clearance. Welcome to level seven. And he's like, oh, oh, snap. Yeah, and then there's an awkward pause. And then he goes, I'm sorry, there was a dark corner back there and uh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I think there's a bulb out or something. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is, see. But it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's kind of just, oh, yeah, that's enjoyable kind of funny, which I like. I don't really like comedy, which is like really aggressive. You like laugh at things now, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's funny. I also want to apologise to anyone who follows me um, and who watches Breaking Bad because I've never watched Breaking Bad. Like, <laughs> I accidentally guessed the ending to it. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you cool. did. I was quite happy about that. You guessed Nazis. The actual answer was the Aryan Brotherhood. So I suppose. You, yeah, um, you get the yeah. points there, and and by I guess Nazis, I just wrote the end of of the movie Von Ryan's Express, but replaced Frank Sinatra with the guy who's in Breaking Bad. But you know, <laughs> who like he's called? 
I mean, so it's because, uh, like, what I said was the guy, like, the main guy, the guy in the hat, gets killed by Nazis as the trained meth goes over to Switzerland. I think the main guy, he's called, like, Einstein or something, isn't he? Um, yeah. Heisenberg. Right, yeah, okay. I don't know, close enough. I think. Yeah. I don't and know. I guess... I've never seen a single episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, I've, I, okay, I, I've seen, like, an episode and a half of Breaking Bad. What? Yeah, so what's the so, deal there? there? you go. Me, me and you never read Harry Potter past the Goblet of Fire. Never really watched Breaking Bad. No, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, and popular culture. yet we're culture. making a podcast where we could have talk about popular culture. Yeah, yeah but that's because we talk about good popular culture. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. I think the problem I have with baking, breaking, bake, with baking, with the problem I have with baking, Dad. The, the problem is, I have with a great British baker. <laughs> no, that's a whole different thing. Um, Do you not like that? No, the problem I have with the great, great British Bake Off is because I really wanted to hate it, and then it's my fiance good, was like, it? "No, just watch it and watch an episode with me." Like, because we were painting, and it came on. She's like, "Oh, I quite like this," and I was like, "All right, okay, I'll watch it. It's going to be shit though." And then about. 30 minutes in i was like oh my god what if her buns don't prove properly i know <laughs> what it's, the it's, fuck it's is stressful wrong with me? but you know also like oh when when someone succeeds you're always really happy as well yeah um, um so i like that but the problem i had with breaking bad is by the time that everybody had started talking about it it was already like four seasons in yeah it started like no. in 2008 or something didn't it and yeah, no, I, I'm exactly the same possession. I was like, well, I can't commit to that. I imagine I I'll do what I did with Battlestar 24. Galactica, which is in the, in the like five years' time, I'll finally watch it. All. Yeah, exactly. But I I missed out on that. Twenty four Battlestar Galactica, West Wing, and uh, there's another one as well that everybody's watched, but I haven't. The um, Wire. The Wire. Yeah, all for that yeah. reason. Where like because. I'm not really big on like TV watching trends. Like I tend to watch terrible television, not mm. like cool television. The last thing I got really into was Castle, um, which that's which, the one with the guy from Firefly. Isn't yeah, it? for obvious reasons. Yeah, is that also a Joss Whedon show? No, I don't think it is. No. All right, it I feels assume kind the of like in Joss Whedon shows only appeared in Joss Whedon shows. <laughs> That's what he does. He could, yeah. like which which works fine now, but but back in back in the old days, it was kind of a curse. <laughs> hey, would you like to be in? Uh, would you like to be in? What was that thing that he, he made? Would you like to be in Dollhouse? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I'd forgotten about that. I guess it's a paycheck. Oh, man, hey. how did he go? For- I mean that is an impressive revival of a career, really, isn't it? I think he like it all happened because somebody finally gave him like trusted him with a decent thing, and he made all of the money. Yeah, I mean that he's is a really it. good writer, but the problem is that I think that like if he's writing on his own, basically only me and my fiance and like the other people who like are Whedonites will enjoy it. But like, if you put like, you put him in a room with a bunch of other writers and then you're like, and then they stop talking and there is a 15 minute action sequence with interspaced with quips where they belong in a 15 minute action sequence. He's actually pretty good. But otherwise I can understand where you look at it and go, "Eh, it's not for me. This uh, this TV series Drive. It's not really for me. That that lasted for <laughs> half a season. It's another just Never Whedon even heard tale. of that. Wow. Yeah. Um, not so much. Not so good. But yeah, no. I mean, I've got the exact same problem with TV. It's just like people are like, hey, are you watching that thing? And it's like, no, I can't dedicate twenty four hours to catch up with that thing. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I've yeah, been I think recently. the only TV show, like current TV show, I would watch is Game of Thrones and maybe Mad Men. We've discussed this before. Like, yeah. Um, because really, if I'm watching TV, I'm just going to watch Star Trek. Like, <laughs> yeah. See, I, what have I been watching recently? Um, Toddlers in Tiaras. You heard of that show, G? Fucking hell. What's wrong with you? Okay, yeah. I I like to watch it just to stare into the into the abyss that dwells inside of all mankind. That is uh, that's fucked up, man. Mm. Um, lots of people are talking about the new American uh, America's Next Top Model. The boys are in the house. Oh, because do you know what, Simon? There are now boys in the house. <laughs> Aren't they all college girls in this one as well? And boys and who boys. are in the house? <laughs> Shit, boys are in the house. 
<laughs> I'm not prepared. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what's really TV much. You want to know? Yeah, I, I watched something. an episode of Don't Tell the Bride the other day. That was oh. fucking horrible. Mate, I watch it every week. It's amazing. <laughs> it was like a guy and he was like really into working out. Oh, like, yeah. He wasn't gay, thing. though, which really surprised me. But, yeah. you know. And he had this weird fascination with his uncle and everybody yes. just kind of went with it and nobody at any point was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, it was like him and his dad were... Like, I mean, I kind of get how why his dad would be obsessed with his own dead brother, but it was kind of like really creepy, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. I don't know. It, it just made me... I watched it with my girlfriend and I spent like half of the time tr- finding excuses to not be in the living room because I don't deal well with those situations. We just, like, I was, we... As I said, to, if I, will, I, I kind of want to watch an episode of a show where they organise a wedding and everything goes well and they're like... He's like, oh, I got this money and I did this thing and it's not exactly what she wanted but it's like it he was like oh no this is really nice thank you and they're like yeah this is great instead of just bearing it because that's what happened he did yeah. an awful thing and then she just she was like it could have been worse could have killed us all i guess and you can almost see her kind of rebuilding the fortress of her shattered thoughts as she was there and like justifying his actions as she was there, it was. It pretty, was awful. It, it was, was like one good. of the most terrible things I've ever watched. It was not good. It was not enjoyable watching. <laughs> my mum, because like my dad hates that show, and my mum tried to get him to watch it again on that episode, and he lasted for literally a minute. She sent Nicole a text like, <laughs> "Simon's dad lasted for one minute. This is a terrible <laughs> episode." Oh, you've done do you remember when we used to do the radio show and she'd send me because I was the one who read the messages yeah. and she'd send us messages during the show. Your mum is like the best person. <laughs> Audrey, you are the best. They like to. They used to like to send us like sexually suggestive messages. I know, and I, and I used to love that because then I just read them out to you on air and watch you die. It's the worst thing. Um, speaking of like terrible television shows, uh, there's a um, <laughs> a TV show that's been cancelled in America this week. All right, um, what's that called? It was called um, Under Wild Skies, or I should use its um its its official title. The NRA presents Underwild Skies. Because, I mean, uh, Underworld Skies does sound like a, a Mills and Boone, really. It does, doesn't it? Like maybe there's a man wearing a pith helmet and nothing else, artfully yeah. shot from the back on it. Oh, right. You see, I was kind of picturing um, Fabio off of the cover of romance mod- uh, novels. Um, he'd be like a pilot. And like he'd be taking off, he'd be get, he'd be kind of getting out of the plane, and like the wind would be blowing his hair because he's Fabio, and the woman would be looking at him, and like at the end of the novel, like he'd go off to like dogfight or some shit, and he'd never come back because he got shot down. I guess you should write Mills and Boone's novels. I seriously should. I'd make so much money. You'd make bank. You'd have to pretend to be a woman though. Yeah, and they're actually right under the pen just... name of a lady. You'll be you'll be sorted. No, because you, you just do the, um, the the writer's trick of just using your first two initials and your last name, because then you could be anything. That's amazing. G.N. Thomas, what she call it? Woman's <laughs> name beginning with G? Jill, I guess. Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> like get that, that, that's left up to her imagination. Uh, as is so much in a Mills and Boone novel. This isn't <laughs> this isn't a Mills and Boone novel. No, this is a um, an NBC show, uh, NBC Sports. Um, they they up until recently were um, showing a hunting TV show called Under Wild Skies, which was presented by a guy called Tony Marcris, who is an NRA lobbyist. And um, and the entire show was basically sponsored by the NRA and was used as a um, as a, basically a vehicle to to tell everybody how good guns are, um, and everything uh, everything was going all right, you know. Um, he he did some hunting out in Africa, um, mm. and then um, and then Mister Mister Marcus uh, shot an elephant in the face. Gee. 
he uh, he took one of Africa's you know most most noble and um, and an endangered an endangered species, and he shot it in the fucking face. Uh, that's what he did on the NRA presents under wild skies. Oh my um, god! And uh, he then you know people weren't particularly pleased about that. Um, well, no, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not like I've got. I don't really have anything against hunting. I'm kind of quite fine with that, but not shooting an elephant in the face because that's not really hunting. That's shooting an elephant in the face. <laughs> um, also, um, you know, after he killed the elephant, he celebrated with champagne and um, spoke about how much he enjoyed killing ivory. It's, those were his words. Those were his words. How much? How much of a thrill it was. There's pictures of him posing next to the dead majestic creature. It's um, it's pretty sick. Um, I can only accept him saying how much he likes killing ivory if he was a black pimp in a 1970s uh, uh, movie, <laughs> a 1970s black exploitation movie, where he like shoot he shoots like the white uh, mafia member who's been keeping the black man down. He goes, "I love shooting ivory." <laughs> But he brings an elephant gun. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, oh, no, right, it's it's like an old, rich, white dude who's, like, he's, like, a famous, like, and he did, like, big game hunting, and, like, this guy has, like, taken his elephant gun and then shoots him (laughs) and then says he loves killing ivory. That would be awesome. Uh, But that didn't happen, did it? (laughs) What happened was um, was a rich, privileged white man went to Africa and shot an elephant in the face. Uh, that's what happened. That's what um, happened instead. Yeah. So, um, so he did two things to defend himself. G, would you like to know what the first one was? Um, yes, please. I'm going to guess he took to Twitter. I don't think that's what happened. He may have took to Twitter, but that wasn't what made the headlines. What he did was um, he went on the um, on a, a, a NRA talk show called NRA News. Now there is a fucking talk show. Um, How can we get a gig on NRA News? Shit, uh, we would clean up on NRA News. Forget Mills and Boone models. That's where the money is. What I would like to do is I would like to I would like to sit down. I would like to watch half an hour of Ellen, and then I would like to watch half an hour of NRA News, and just see what my mental state's like after that. <laughs> but actually, no, maybe maybe do the NRA News first, and then the yeah. Ellen afterwards, just to kind yeah. of like mellow you out a bit. Really? Because I, I would say that watching Ellen would be a full-on panic attack. If you ever actually watched... Because, I mean, we don't we don't get those American morning shows here. Have you ever actually watched that show? Fucking yeah, hell. It's not, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, on. I imagine it's better than NRA News, but still... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Maybe it's... That's today's uh, to this this week's errand of mercy. Big question: Is NRA news better or worse than Ellen in terms of panic attacks? So, so please, for American listeners, uh, look out for that. Thank you. Let us know. Well, he went. He went on to NRA news, um, and he suggested that anybody, um, anybody who's saying that it's worse to kill elephants than any other animal when hunting, um, are animal racists. Yeah, what? <laughs> What's an animal racist? Um, well, it's you know, like because because how is it? You know, if it's okay to kill a duck, yeah, why isn't it okay to kill a deer? And if you're happy to kill a cow and eat its meat, why why not a horse? G. And well, uh, you know, if you're happy to hunt, maybe like a a specifically bred species that's been put into a wildlife preserve to hunt. Then, uh, then what's wrong with shooting an elephant in the face? <laughs> and then it's like, mm. now what is the difference between all of those other animals and an elephant? If only there was some kind of list that animals went onto, if there isn't that many of them left. Yeah, if only. I mean, if only someone had, if only that, that list existed so that guy could look at that list and go, hmm, might not shoot that one in the face. You know what he'd do with that list? He'd roll it up and then he would laugh as he set it on fire to light his cigar. And then he'd shoot an elephant in the face. He would get that list and he'd pin it to a tree and Mott's in the style of, um, of, what's he called, Hank Manchin? Yes. He'd shoot that piece of paper. (laughs) What's that dude called? Joe Manchin? 
I don't if, know. If there are any listeners from West Virginia, I believe he's the he's your Senate representative, and I think he's called something Manchin. Can you look into that for us? <laughs> he shot what? he he shot Obamacare, as far as I remember. That's, did he take aim at Obama's poor qualities? Yeah, I, I believe that was the case. Yes. So that was his <laughs> first his first port of call in terms of defending himself, saying, you know, what's wrong with shooting elephants? It's not like they're endangered or anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did he do next? Uh, he called his critics Hitler. <laughs> oh, that's when you know you're arguing from a strong position. Oh no! Wait! No! 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 Wait! No! First, he assumed that all of his critics were pot-smoking Apple users who live in Boulder, Colorado. Accused them of funding terrorism by buying weed, and then and then he compared them to Hitler. That's. I mean, I don't know, like, what Americans use to insult each other. That seems crazy specific. It's, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know much about Colorado. Um, it's in the mountains. Yep. Um, it, uh, marijuana is legal there. Yep, I, which it, means that, you know, uh, actually there's probably not much terrorism being funded by the legal marijuana. In, no, it's fine, don't worry about it. Just don't, don't, don't. You're probably right. They are probably Hitler, and there's probably nothing wrong with shooting elephants. You're probably right. Well, yeah, no, he's probably right. Actually, yeah, this is a silly argument. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? More guns. Uh, more guns. Everyone's shooting elephants in the face this week. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> we'll get like pictures of people posing next to their elephants oh, that killed. Just like, just like holding up like our logo over a dead elephant. Yeah, guys, I did it. I did the thing you said. I haven't done any that. of the other things. I never told a friend to listen to the show, but I did go to Africa and shoot an elephant. Murder an elephant. Yeah. Errand of Mercy, the only podcast that has officially murdered an elephant. It gets some publicity, though, wouldn't it? That would get some publicity. But let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> if we went to like Africa elephants. and like screamed Utah Goat Man, then shot an elephant, people would take notice. You know, out of all the intelligent animals that aren't people, I would say elephants are probably the best. Would you agree? I think that I like octopuses. You do like octopuses, don't you? I think elephants are better. Because they've got, like, the main thing about octopuses is they've got their tentacle things. Yeah. But, like, an elephant's got one of those on its face. It ha- oh, shit, I hadn't even thought about that. And that it's was... got badass tusks on it fa- its face as well. Yeah, and massive ears that used to, like, fan crap. That's, I yeah. I think an elephant's pretty, like, I think it's got a lot more going for it than an octopus does. You're probably right. I think I'm probably right. I think you're right, yeah. So, yeah, we need to protect the elephants and... Um... <laughs> Yeah. And let's not shoot elephants this week and then call people Hitler. Can we just, week, can we, as a race, can we get by for one week without shooting elephants, then calling people Hitler? <laughs> to be fair, we did kind of call the Daily Mail Hitler, didn't we? No, we didn't call them Hitler. We just said that they were a Nazi rag, the founder of which has been photographed shaking hands with Hitler. Yeah, it's not saying he is Hitler, because he yeah. clearly wasn't, because he was shaking hands yeah. with <laughs> If anything, there's more evidence that, that he's not Hitler than anybody else, because there's a picture <laughs> of him with Hitler, and they're touching, so you know that he can't be a doppelganger from another universe. Or else um, he would collapse the wave function. Exactly. You have been watching Star Trek just before <laughs> we started the show, haven't you? Here's a picture of the uh, the creator of the Daily Mail and Hitler shortly before the ribbon struck them both. <laughs> you remember that? Remember the ribbon? The fucking That's ribbon. A, We'd love to get all of everybody's favourite starship captains together in one episode. How could we do that? How about a ripple in space and time? We'll call it the ribbon. Sweet. Cool. Print it. But it wasn't even an episode. That was a feature film. Was it a film? Yeah, that's Star Trek Generations. Was that actually? A, I didn't. I thought that was like a TV special. No, that's just how crap the later Star Trek movies were. Is that it just looked like TV specials? <laughs> Wasn't it all shot in basically one place in that like big dust bowl in the desert? Yes, it was. Oh my god! 
It was basically shot on the kind of like outside of William Shatner's ranch and the old sets from a TV series, and it was crap. <laughs> it's the worst thing. He was about. Was it Malcolm McDowell? And does, isn't that like a really weird extended dream sequence where Captain Picard is back in rural France? No, you wish. He didn't go back to rural France. He, for some reason, went to a Victorian family's Christmas party. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, 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 oh, maybe I'll, no like, you can go anywhere. Maybe I'll see my own family who I've just learned have burnt to death. No, going to a town in England, even though I'm French. Yeah. <laughs> they really forgot that Jean-Luc Picard was French. They didn't totally they? did. Like it's halfway so... through, halfway through Next Generation, everybody forgot he was a he was an Englishman playing a Frenchman. Yeah, because there's like one episode where he goes to see his brother, and they're like on the vineyard, and they're talking about wine and shit, and they like have a wrestling match on the vineyard and get yeah. all muddy, and then they sing like French songs because they get drunk. And then it's like, oh, yeah, shit, he was French, wasn't he? Fuck. You can tell that, like, at every single opportunity as well, like, like Patrick Stewart has learnt to sound like he's French because he's fucking Patrick Stewart, specifically for that role. And then at every single opportunity to sound like he's French, he, like, he really sells it. And then he's never allowed to again. And I feel really bad for him. Yeah, he spent a lot of time practicing to sound like just, like just enough for him to do is believable, but not like, you know, kind of like a stereotype. And then it's like, um, yeah, we want you to talk about the Queen and crumpets. So he's like, fuck you guys. Oh, well, at least I'm getting paid. Because <laughs> he will do anything for money, as we yeah. discussed. He's like a charity. <laughs> the charity of Patrick, Patrick Stewart Foundation. What he does is he's just in stuff. Yeah, What's that? He uses the car money insurance. to be awesome. Sweet. Yeah. He just makes things better. I've just realised, like, if we, including the stuff that, like, was kind of before the show, but not the show, this is probably, like, we've been doing this for, like, an hour and a half now, <laughs> so we should probably wrap up. <laughs> we, we've done this for an hour and a half and haven't really done a show yet. We should probably wrap up. The, those are usually the best ones. They're probably usually the best ones. <laughs> they usually are. I love this. Like, the one time I've actually managed to remember to prepare show notes. I've done, like, two things from I my show I had all notes. kinds of stuff planned. We <laughs> talked about Tom Clancy. And you know what? That's fine. It's fine. Because I don't so, yeah. care. You can quote me on that, by the way. Quote me on saying that Tom Clancy has had more impact on our on our generation, the men of our generation, than Jesus. Do it. Okay. I will. I because will. it's true and it's terrifying. <laughs> Sleep tight. Sleep tight. Bye.
Sit down 